Welcome, welcome, people, ladies and gentlemen, man. Yo, yo, this is the fifth time we're doing this, man. It's yes, Big sir. Steppa, it's Ankh. We got to come up with something creative, for a creative title for these podcasts. Because I, I had the regular podcast, but I think this is special. What do you think, Ankh? What do you think, man? Talk to us. Well, I mean, give me uh, give me a little bit to think about it, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably come up with something. But yeah, yeah, finding a... You know, a great little name for, uh, you know, your podcast. That's the way you got to go, right? Something, uh, yeah. you know, it's going to catch you. I'm thinking, man, we got to get that barstool contract, man. We're killing it in this thing, <laughs> man. Come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> right. It would be a lot of fun. You know, that something that's not so fun, though, we got to touch on it, is that Zach. No, sorry, not Zach Snyder. Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder. Oh, did you hear God. about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure did. My goodness. Uh, Dan, Dan Snyder has been, uh, you know, a different kind of cat for quite a while now. And he's had quite a few problems. And at the end of the day, my goodness, he uh, is talking about some terrible, terrible, nasty stuff. Yes, yes. So for people who don't know, uh, Dan Snyder is the owner of the Washington Commanders football team. Um, and, uh, essentially today a story came out on ESPN talking about how he has some dirt on NFL owners. And that's a major reason why he hasn't been kicked out as an owner of the Washington commanders. Now keep in mind this franchise for the past 10 plus years that he's had, it has had controversy on top of controversy, sexual harassment, misconduct like things that are extremely unethical, like bruh, bruh had to go in front of Congress in the United States. To t- yep. It was a whole thing, right? Yep. To the point where... The DEA. Sorry? <laughs> even, the de- even the DEA. DEA? <laughs> Drugs? <laughs> what? One of the trainers was, was dispensing oxy. Stop this. Uh, I ain't even lying, right? So on top of the Congress... um. <laughs> they outside the DEA. I didn't even know drugs was involved in this, yeah. but apparently the DEA, on top of U.S. Congress, we're talking about senators, people should be worried about more serious things than the goddamn football team owner who's right. insane. Or a stadium. Or the stadium. There was a stadium controversy, right? Yeah. Well, it's all kind of connected. Yes. It's all kind of connected because this is what you're really dealing with. Yes, there has been a toxic culture. In the, uh, you know, in the Washington franchise for a lot of years, Mm -hmm. Um, everything from just, you know, the very beginning when, you know, folks started to say that, you know, maybe we should change the name of the Redskins. And the thing you'll notice about Dan Snyder, he came in as a very young owner and he's probably, he's probably less than 60 now. So he's probably about 20 years younger than all the other 48. I checked it out. Yeah, forties. He's he's late forties. Yeah, actually, no. I think he's fifty-seven. Is oh, it, okay. Now. He's oh. fifty-seven. So, but regardless, yeah. he's about you know twenty uh, years younger than most of the other owners. So he's kind That's of uh, young and considered kind of immature. And he has been like all the way yes. since uh, back in about two thousand and three when he wanted um, a Washington Super Bowl. Mm. And to get a Washington Super Bowl, he had to uh, you know diss the Bidwells really bad. And he said all kinds of terrible things and whatnot. And the other owners were like, you know, this guy's kind of a punk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so ever since then, um, 
he's sort of had a problem where he has had kind of like a toxic work culture yes. where on top of, you know, sort of uh, the racism that's been associated with the name change and whatnot, yeah. the fact that he resisted it so heavily because he loved his franchise so badly, but yeah. it was also found uh, with uh, sexism and racism throughout the rest of his, um, you know, the, throughout his, his work culture uh, in, in that franchise. Yeah. So there's been a, a lot of different reasons to think that the uh, culture, the work culture um, in the Washington franchise franchise has been very, very, um, you know, kind of misogynistic, racist, toxic, however oh, you yes. want to call it, right? A lot of women have a big problem uh, working there. Um, he hasn't, he's, he's violated the Rooney rule on a couple of different occasions, yeah, right? So there's yeah. been a lot of reasons why the owners, um, you know, they're not really crazy about the guy, but they're biggest issue is the stadium it used to be a 90,000 um, person stadium and it's been yeah. taken down to 64,000 they've yeah. got the lowest gate in the league so a lot of the um, the owners want him to get an um you know a, a new stadium yes. and it was supposed to be like an up to three billion dollar stadium and whatnot he had the leaders of the virginia congress virginia state congress behind him mm. but because of all the congressional um investigations into his franchise and whatnot there were so many um, you know, voters that saw all of this and said, why on earth are we putting this much money into this guy? So he basically ruined um, his opportunity to get a new stadium, to mm. please his buddies in the NFL. And so they're all kind of, you know, that hurts all of them because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the NFL is a socialist enterprise, right? They share oh, money. Yeah. They share money. They yeah, share, they share a lot of money. And yeah. so the fact that he's got a um, he's got a stadium that doesn't make a lot of money and a franchise that doesn't make a lot of money, they're not really into him right now because of all the other things um, that bring uh, terrible news to the NFL. Like Goodell, definitely, mm -hmm. um, you know, it hurts the uh, it hurts the shield heavily. So. Yes. He's in a position where he feels paranoid. Dan Snyder feels paranoid that people are talking bad about him for good reasons, right? So very much mm. like our friend Donald Trump, for example, <laughs> who he goes around and he's tried to get dirt on so many other people so that nobody can do anything to him. Yes. <laughs> that's and the that's whole a, reason behind it is that yeah. he's trying to get. So in other words, um, he's like just a low character owner. And some of the other other owners are saying the same thing um, going again all the way back to 2003. Right. When he said bad things about the Bidwells and tried to take the Bidwells, who had a brand new stadium in Arizona mm. out of the league, um, you know, out of the whole franchise. A lot of people were saying, like, well, what the hell kind of guy is this? Right. So, yeah. again, you go on with this thing where you want to talk bad about people you you know think you've got dirt on jerry jones you think you've got yes. dirt on all these other players right well these are all big fellas and they don't particularly like that stuff and you saw mm -hmm. what happened to madison cawthorn that that oh. you know really young um uh rep house of representatives uh, member from um north carolina and oh, he went around well, what happened to him is he went around talking about uh, talking around Washington about other Congress people, Republican guys talking about orgies and cocaine parties. What <laughs> in Washington? But and you know what happened to him? Kicked him out. I'm assuming. He's of course. Out. 
He's fucking out. They found a way to get rid of him, and they're going to find a way to get rid of Snyder too. Not that they really want to, mm. but because he's doing that kind of low-life crap um, and, and at the same time not making enough money, you're going to have problems, right? Yeah, and, and, and this is the funniest thing too, right? This is the Gruden hook yeah. throughout all of this. Yes. Gruden got oh, thrown out because of his terrible remarks. And apparently the reason behind it was that Dan Snyder had one of his people, again, like Trump, weasel um, some a leak out there, some information out there. Um, so he put that on Bruce Allen to make Bruce Allen look bad like he was the problem with the toxic work culture and not Dan Snyder he put out these emails which in the end ruined Gruden and so he put yeah, he so he the only reason Gruden is out of a job is because Dan Snyder didn't want to look like the problem (laughs) oh my god (laughs) you see Dan Snyder is a weasel this goes. This is a deep rabbit hole, man. And for for me, I'm thinking in the back of my head. the The big thing, the big point of this story coming out, I think, it's strategic. I think the owners are using this. I believe as a way. There's gonna be a fight, man. A oh, fight is coming. It's, and it, it's coming because what has to happen is twenty. In order for an owner to be removed, right? Twenty six, or I believe twenty six or twenty seven, two thirds. <laughs> Of three owners have vote. to yeah. vote on it and three have to three quarter vote, right? Yeah. So two thirds of owners have to agree to take him out. Now, mm-hmm. so far, that hasn't happened. Now you see stories come out of Jerry Jones turning on him, and Jerry Jones has a lot of power among owners because not yeah. only is does he have the richest franchise in the NFL, it's one of the it's I think it is the richest franchise in all sports entire what? globe. I think maybe Barcelona or Real right. Madrid might rival it in soccer, but this is a powerful guy, and I think that's well, going to be a big Jones fight. Has, Jones has his yeah. own problems. Jones has major problems, and I think the reason Snyder is not officially out yet is because, just like the John Gruden situation, I believe it's blackmail. I believe well, that Snyder already has dirt on a lot of people, and for them to come after him, he's saying... Oh, y'all gonna come after me? I'm gonna come after <laughs> y'all. Every single exactly one of y'all right. is gonna get it. And that's I think exactly that strategy right. could work in this sense because these owners they don't want their dirt coming out because Snyder's dirt is all in public air. It's even in front of Congress. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, to that yeah. point. So what I'm thinking in the back of my mind, bro, I think that the dirt that the owners have on the, I mean, the dirt that Snyder has on the other owners might be mm-hmm. way worse than we think. You, th- well, you think about the Colin Kaepernick situation, man. They I, tried to hide that. Think about the, 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 the Gruden stuff. What do you think, Unc? Do you think that Snyder's strategy will work or will it backfire? Talk to me, bro. I think it is going to be um, a bad strategy that will not work. Ooh, first okay. reason, the first reason is, mm-hmm. is because um, you need 24 votes, right? So that's eight guys. That's eight guys, right? Yeah. And I hear that Snyder has dirt on six. Oh. <laughs> Only six. He has oh. about six guys that he has dirt on, okay. right? Um, but he would need eight or nine for him to have the league on lock. 
Oh, okay. So for one, I don't think that'll go on on top of that too, because he messed up the stadium and because his franchise is just in a bad state, money rules, money talks and bullshit walks and yes. Snyder is going to be seen as bullshit, but it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be nice and nobody wants to do it, but they're going to do it because mm -hmm. he's just damaging the shield. Oh, good points. Good points, man. I just got to disagree with you slightly. Um, for me, I think that, yes, it is a money thing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that his strategy will work because it's going to embarrass the league. So I, I suspect they're going to settle this out of court and get him out of there by giving him a ton of money or doing. Because think about it, like, give me an example, Donald Sterling, right? Donald yeah. Sterling didn't get kicked out of the Clippers because of the other owners. No, it's because his wife. I was took ownership to of the I team, up, and then she sold it. So it wasn't Donald Sterling even voluntarily. Even the other yeah. owners, even Adam Silver could not get rid of him. That's You're talking right. about multi-billionaires who care yeah. about their brand, their reputation. Bro, imagine the dirt that the Miami Dolphins have. That is a very scummy franchise, bro. <laughs> like, imagine the dirt that the Cowboys have. Yeah. Like, man, I think that for me, I, I, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm kind of like a... Uh, I, I, I like arson, bro. Like, I like fire. I want to see everything blow up, bro. <laughs> be honest with you. I want them to be exposed, yeah. man. Oh, my God. Maybe that's... I, I, I think at the end of the day, though, yeah. um, I, I think at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do to Dan Snyder. And I think they're going to find um, a unique way to do it, like you say. Yeah. Um, but they're going to find a way to do it because there's just way too much money at stake and there's way too many other guys. Like, you know, you're talking about 24 to 25 other guys who are pissed with him who he does not have garbage on so they will buy him out um they will find a way to get his wife um you know to you know to hold on to the thing or whatever something yes. they're going to find some type of way to um you know he just snyder himself will be out of the way that's all that's all i'm getting at Nice, nice, nice. We agree to disagree on this. Let's see how this goes. But what we cannot disagree on is the games last week, bro. Right. The biggest shocker for me, man. And I don't know how you feel about this game. The Giants beating the Packers. Oh, man. yeah. Early in the morning. I'm in my bed. I'm chilling. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just routine. Packers going to win. It is what it is. What? What? The Giants are coming back? Daniel Jones is actually yeah. throwing some dimes. Saquon mm -hmm. with a 40-yard run. I wish I had Saquon on my fantasy team. My God. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And then that last minute went from, I think, personally, that was the biggest shocker from last week's games, bro. Talk to me, Unc. What, what did you like? What didn't you like from last week? What surprised you? What's something that you expected? For me, man, that Giants win. And Giants 4-1. and one. Who would have thought, bro? I, I, the biggest thing that I thought of was just, uh, I really enjoyed, um, the giants coaching game. Yes. Um, once again, you know, we had the game manager, Daniel Jones, uh, but he started to throw it a little bit last week. Right. So yeah. basically you could not really argue with the giants offense. That was great. The problem, um, with offense was with the, uh, the green Bay Packers and the green Bay Packers need to use the running backs. Like we talked about in the first podcast, right. they, for some reason 
are not uh, putting Jones and Dylan out there the way they should. And you saw that in the fourth quarter when they needed to get down the field and you saw a three, uh, a three and out by, um, by Rogers rather than, you know, that drive down the field, you know, and the giants just came back. So like I said last week that I didn't think that uh, the green Bay Packers were seven and a half points better than anyone, even if they no. were in London, you were right. right. So, you were right. Right. So, and in the end, they ended up losing that game. So I absolutely believe that the giants are on a, a bit of a run right now. I think they're uh, Gallo. Is that his name? The coach Gallo? Uh, no, it's Brian Dayball. 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 Pardon me. Uh, he came from uh, the Bills, Bills uh, offensive coordinator. And then he came. That to- guy, that guy mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. like he knows how to coach a football game yes, because it just, he looks so good. Yes. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That was a great game. What are, what are your thoughts about the Vikings beating the Bears last minute? Kirk Cousins coming back. And you know what's <laughs> crazy? Kirk in prime time, he's a joke. But then you'll have a game like this where he is throwing dimes, looking like an MVP god. And the Vikings, man, they're 4-1. and one. They are the number one team in the NFC North. I mean, like, what? What, what I, I world think, are we living in, man? But we I, did I talk think... about them. We talked about them in our first episode. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the Vikings are probably going to uh, be either 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one, mm. um, with their schedule coming up. Um, they might lose, I think, to uh, Arizona, right. but they're looking really, really good right now. But the, don't be fooled, though, because I think that there are some problems with, um, with, with the Vikings. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Dalvin Cook uh, looked okay, but they're not running nearly as much as they could. And Kirk Cousins is doing some of what he does, but he's been doing pretty well up until this point. Um, but what I think that you're going to see, uh, and as you saw in that game, because I think the Bears are just not a good team. So the fact that that game was as close as it was tells you that the Vikings are in a good spot right now, but I think the second half of the season is going to be more challenging for the Vikings because I think they should have beat the Bears by 14 minimum, and it shouldn't have been as close as it was. Man, talking about the Bears, we're about to have a shitty game tonight, bro. We're talking about the Bears versus the goddamn Commanders. What? (laughs) It's going to be the worst game. Bro, I swear, I'm going to have like two beers and probably knock out, bro. Oh, man, man. Like, I, I... I mean, 38 points is the over under on that game, and it's a pick. Up, so under, it, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's gonna be like 14 17 or some really bad game if it even gets that well. If good. it even gets that, let's talk about another bad game. Literally, last week, we're talking about the Broncos versus the Colts. Man, I was I was I was in pain watching that game. Luckily, I was having some chicken wings, so I was actually enjoying the wings way more than the game. How right. do you, as the Broncos offense, get in the red zone so many times and you can't punch it in? And you lose. <laughs> and you lose. And you're a twin, you're a $200 million quarterback. Yeah. Mr. Russell Wilson. Talk to me, Unc. 
It is bad. My goodness. Yeah, well, this is what we were talking about, that it was going to be a bad game like that. So, yeah, yeah turnovers and, and just inefficient play. Uh, Russell Wilson can't seem to get it down the middle of the field, yeah. can't get it down the field. Um, you're not getting very much running. You only have one real receiver in there. Um, you know, and both teams have some decent defense, right? Yeah. So that was just a really painful game to watch seven field goals 12 to nine so yeah I, I had a really hard time watching that game uh russell wilson should be doing so much better than he is and he just isn't and i'm kind of at the point where i i i think i, I i'm believing in your theory that that coach is just terrible man you know what the coach is terrible but you have to think about it like this right like the coach is not necessarily on the field but, like, if you see your quarterback reeling like that, going through such a slump, right, mm-hmm. you should be a motivator. You should be pushing him or at least pushing the rest of the offense to pick up the slack, bro. That's why yeah. you have a guy like Brian Dayball from the Giants who knows that his quarterback is limited. Daniel Jones, I'm saying you this, he's not a starter in the NFL. He's a backup. But yep. he's 4-1. and one. Why? Yep. Because they're running the ball amazingly and they're putting him in positions to win. As opposed to Hackett, Hackett is not putting Russ in positions to win. Matter of fact, I think he's sabotaging him and he's not giving him motivation, man. What are your thoughts on some of the coaching out here in the league? Because, you know, it's very easy to see the good ones. And now we're going to week six. It's very easy to see the bad ones, too, man. Talk to me, Unc. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when you're looking at really good coaches um, in the league, you're looking at guys like Andy Reid right. and whatnot. I, I think that uh, there are far too many um, teams that are willing to let uh, you know people that they're really not that sure of um, you know play head coach. And guys, you know, guys like Reed, who've been around there forever, Belichick, been around there forever. Um, We're going to get to that topic eventually later, I suppose, when we talk about Matt Rule. Um, Because, yeah, I think that there, uh, and we'll we'll get to that. We won't jump all over it yet. But I I do believe that there are some issues um, with with, with some of the head coaches. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I, I agree. I, I agree. We'll touch on the Matt Rule situations in a bit but we got to touch on some of our fantasy football you know we have fantasy football fans who watch us man and we're gonna do y'all a service man unk made a whole spreadsheet (laughs) talking about fantasy which forced me to do my own research and get my fantasy is right because he's motivating me and pushing me to go harder (laughs) myself um so for me personally this week i i have some guys who have been really disappointing so these are sitem players in my eyes right now um Najee Harris you have to sit him bro oh yeah yeah um and from all Pittsburgh offense needs to be on the bench right now everyone on Pittsburgh's offense Kenny Pickett has not thrown any touchdowns he's only thrown picks and he's apparently fighting with D lineman what (laughs) like what (laughs) so anyone who is you know on, on Pittsburgh for me I was big on Najee Harris sit him McCaffrey yeah. I say you sit him because they're going to put in PJ Walker and I don't think PJ Walker as much as he's been on Carolina yeah. he's yeah. not going to do much obviously and another guy I was big on DJ Moore sit him sit him yeah. sit him a lot of receivers are disappointing but let me tell you all some people you should start Geno Smith if you haven't started him already I don't know what you're doing with your life if he's on your waiver <laughs> wire grab him 
Another yeah. person, surprisingly, Rashawn Stevenson. Rashawn Moore Stevenson from the Patriots. That yes. running back, he's one of the top 10 running backs right Cleveland now. Cleveland is like the worst uh, run defense. And so yes. I'm pretty sure this weekend, <laughs> that guy comes. is going to tear it up. Tear it up, man. And you know what? I, I didn't re- – I, you know what's crazy? Another little gem, little little sleeper that y'all should think about starting, Bryce C. Hall from the Jets, especially yeah. – what he did last week, I think he's oh. going to be the RB1 moving forward for the Jets. And yep. the Jets are playing Green Bay. And I'm going to go say something controversial. I think the Jets are going to beat Green Bay. Yo, y'all might not believe me, but something is going on with the Jets. They're on a run right now. And it started with Joe Flacco's great play, which yep. motivated that offense to start going. So we'll discuss that a bit later. But, Unk. Um, do you have any points? Do you have some starts, some sit-ums? You're the you're the fantasy god, man. Brees, Brees, all perfectly split game, two hundred yard game, one hundred ninety seven, yeah. right? Ninety seven running and uh, and one hundred rushing. Um, so that guy had an incredible game, and I think he had mm-hmm. one reception. Uh, you know, passing catch yards after the catch. There was a, you know it was like a a seventy yard uh, you know pass play. Yeah. So because this was the interesting thing about that game was that they uh, you know they didn't actually have a ton of passing yards, but they got forty points. Um, because Brees Hall was just running like crazy and, you know, Michael Carter was able to throw some stuff in, but Brees Hall was what uh, was the straw that made that, uh, that drink get stirred up. That was really awesome. Um, what I thought was really interesting too, though, was the return of Gabe Davis in Buffalo. Oh, Gabe Davis. right. Yeah, he, he came back, crazy. was looking good. And another guy I have for you, somebody who's looking for receiving help. Yeah. On a team that's getting, you know, any, you know, on any weekend can get, you know, 300 to 400 yards. Okay. Uh, what's his name? Khalil Shakir. I think he's like oh. a third string guy. Still managed to get like uh, five targets, 75 yards in a TD. And that's your third string Josh Allen receiver. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. I think anything you can get on the Buffalo uh, offense uh, on the, on the receiving is probably a good thing to get. Uh, what else did I get to there? Um, Jacoby Myers also in, uh, in, in for the Patriots. Yes. He looks very solid, and he looks like he owns that uh, that receiving core. That's going to be him. He's the main guy there, so that's that's one I would definitely take. Mm. Uh, who else? We uh, Kenneth Walker. Right, the guy's replacing uh, Rashad Penny. Um, He's, uh, you know, Kenny Walker the third is going to be the main guy in that uh, in that Seattle backfield Mm -hmm. on a team that's scoring a ton of points. Right, so if you didn't already get Kenneth Walker the third, if he's available in your league, I would definitely get all over him if you need yourself a running back. Absolutely, Kenneth Walker is great. Do you have any more for us, Ankh man? Because you're you're a fantasy guy, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh well Taysom Hill again right you're uh it's oh. very very difficult to uh it's very very difficult to get I had him on my good. bench last week man right a tight end there's only one really good tight end as we saw with um with, with Travis Kelsey's last week yes. and there's only about three overall in the whole league where you can get separation at that position so if Taysom Hill as a tight end with, with like two receptions on the whole game is going to run for three or four touchdowns for heaven's sake right so again if he's available in your league you know, um, he's not really playing as a tight end, but if you're yeah. going to get 30 points, um, <laughs> they all count. 
<laughs> they all count. Now, here's a, here's a question for you because I'm I'm actually thinking about this. How early should you start doing trades? Because I'm tempted to start trading, man. I want Josh Jacobs because that performance yep. he had, I I think Josh McDaniels is gonna cue in and realize, yeah. hey, I have a yeah. running back who's an amazing yeah. weapon. So for fantasy owners, do you recommend trades now or later in the season as you approach playoffs, man? Well, um, with the um, with the uh, bye weeks coming up, no. now is a really, really good time to be uh, watching both your waiver wire and your trades. Because right. a lot of people are a little bit desperate right now. Uh, a lot of people, before you're looking at who's on the wire, start looking at who's getting dropped. Oh. Right. Because right now people are getting dropped, um, you know, uh, for one reason or another, because they're either on a bye week. They think that, OK, you know, they can roll the dice. They can just put them on the bench for the week because they're not going to play this week. Right. And so they figure they'll grab them again next week or something like that. So you have to watch out with that right now. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, people are desperate um, and the league is starting to take form. Yes. So, yeah, I would definitely start looking at, uh, at trades right now, because the other thing, too, right, remember this is going to be week six there's only eight more weeks to the playoffs man we got a we got a ways to go for sure right. man. maybe maybe i'm getting froggy i don't know man i'm, I'm getting nervous bro <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah think about it we're already at, at the end of this week it's already going to be week six and it's you know 14 weeks uh 14 week season nowadays it used to be You're 13 right. Right. right so definitely you should be uh if you're not getting the performance out of uh, the players you drafted now is the time to start uh start looking at them see what uh see what you can get out there i haven't looked at that many trades as yet i'm still sort of like uh putting everybody in place yeah. but i heard a lot of folks talking this week about uh you know about possible trades and all that type of thing um so we'll see what it looks like next week. I'll have some actual trades for you. Things you should, uh, you should grab. And, yeah. and this but, is um, like a freestyle. Like I, I just thought about it in my mind. Cause yeah. I remember my strategy usually is do trades later in the year, closer mm -hmm. to the playoffs. Cause I like to see uh, like uh, trends. Right. Yeah. Cause then yeah. I have an idea. Cause I want to finish off strong, bro. But now because some of my teams are struggling, I might have to pop the trigger and get rid of maybe one of my good guys to maybe get two medium or medium guys who might be having high potential moving right. on later into the seasons, man. Cause I hate, I hate losing these fantasy matchups, man. I just hate right. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just what you have to look at doing right now. Some guys, uh, you know, if they're having uh, the one thing I will tell you is that you've got a, a questionable player and he has a bang up week this week, uh, you know, try to trade him high. Right. <laughs> Definitely try to trade him high. And I'll have, uh, and like I said, I'll have some names for you on that next week. Um, Cause yeah, I'm not quite ready to start looking at trades uh, yet, but it's getting to be about that time. It's warming mm -hmm. up, man. And it's, it's, you know, it's getting hot, but you know, what's not hot is the Carolina Panthers when they fired <laughs> Matt rule. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be hot because he's going to be on vacation because the dumb Carolina Panthers gave this man a seven-year contract. Year three, they fired him, and this contract is $70 million guaranteed. So, yes, Matt Rue is going to be somewhere very hot, very Hawaiian, very tropical <laughs> for the next few months until yeah. he gets another coaching job from goddamn Cora, Carolina, Nebraska, yeah. Auburn, or some of these college teams. Matt Rue got fired. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts, my guy? What are your thoughts, bro? Well, 
this is uh, something we uh, talked about uh, last week when we talked about coaching and we talked about um, quarterbacks that haven't really uh, come out really, really well yeah. uh, in recent years. And so one of the things I noticed uh, on, on the, uh, in the media this uh, past week, they uh, gave a list of college quarterbacks that have come out of college and gone straight into a head coaching gig in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from Steve Spurrier in like, I think 2002 or something like that. Again, a Daniel Snyder pick, but coming all the way from, um, you know, uh, from Florida in the early 2000s, uh, you know, up to Matt Rule here now. And I think the problem isn't necessarily with NCAA coaches being bad per se. What I think the problem is, is that when you go straight from a head coaching gig in, um, in, in the NCAA, in college football, to a head coaching gig in the pros. They're yeah. not the same thing. But because our media, uh, you know, makes a guy like Urban Meyer look like he's pro-ready, when he's not, but he's paid so much money at Ohio State. He right. does so well at Ohio State. He looks like he's one of the top two or three coaches in all of college. So you make the assumption that, well, he must be able to just walk straight into the NFL. And the truth is, it's not. The last coach that I can think of, um, you know, uh, like uh, NCAA head coach that came in as a head coach and succeeded was probably uh, what's his name, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, yeah, for the Cowboys uh, for Miami. Yeah, and, Miami. and coming into an absolutely horrible uh, Dallas franchise in oh, in '88 or '89. Yeah, right. But he was the last guy that I can think of that really pulled it off. And that's like two generations of football ago, right? So what you're seeing in the 2000s, however, are these coaches that get built up so high mm. and then they they come into the NFL. And I'm sorry, you can't just come uh, from a head coach in college football to a head coach in NFL football. It's a mm. different game. It, you know, it's, it's a whole different operation. And we have seen a list of about a dozen of these coaches that have done this only to go back, right? And we're oh, talking yeah. about big coaches, right? We're talking about guys like Saban, Myers, <laughs> right? Spurrier, all these guys that have, you know, spent 20, 25 years in the NCAAs, coaching as, as Division One uh, head coaches, uh, their programs look fantastic, but it does not translate. The guys that do the best in the NFL are the guys that come in as the photocopier coach or the punter's coach or whatever it is. You know, they come in at 30-plus years old, 32 years old. Um, you know, they do whatever's necessary to get in the meetings, mm-hmm. right? And and then they just go from there. Guys like Belichick, whatever, work 18 hours a week, you know, seven days a week, you know, just so that they can get the meetings uh, in Cleveland. Yeah. Right. So that type of coaching program, I, you know, that type of, of mentoring, I think, is the way that we have to go. And so what we're seeing, I think there's a, there's a connection between the supposedly pro ready quarterbacks and supposedly pro ready coaches. Yes. They're yeah. not because think about it. Right. Think about the running backs and the wide receivers. Mm. They usually like the really, really top ones that come out of NCAA, especially with the, uh, the running backs often just step right in. And the place where you do see it, the old, uh, the offensive and defensive linemen, these guys step right out of college and go straight into the pros, right? So there's an issue with the head coach who also is the, um, the head of the offense, 
and the coaching up of the, of the quarterback. So I think that there's a real connection in there, um, you know, between that, uh, you know, that offensive you know coordinator who is often the quarter, uh, the quarterback on the oh, field. Yeah. Oh yeah, right? definitely. There's a big connection because think about it like this, man. Think about the Cardinals right now. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the next guy fired. That's my prediction. Cause yep. he came, I, I was so mad about this. And this goes back to the Rooney rule type thing. Mm -hmm. You have a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, right? He came from Texas Tech, right? And he has an overall losing record in college football. Yeah. And he got propelled all the way up to the NFL just to, because he had a good relationship with Kyler Murray. You have yeah. some college coaches who are not ready, who are not really trained and formed in the NFL way, who get promoted and boosted and surpassed guys who've been in the league, who paid their dues, like Matt Rue. Matt Rue, I knew he was not going to work in Carolina because yeah. let me tell you something. There's only been three head coaches in the NFL who've won in college and have won in the big leagues. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, like we just talked about, Barry yep. Switzer, who basically just got the Cowboys – Uh, from Jimmy Johnson, just inherited that, it. That was Jimmy Johnson's uh, team anyway. That was Jimmy Johnson's team. And then number three is Pete Carroll. Pete yep. Carroll won in USC, and then he won in the NFL. But you could even argue that Pete Carroll... He was an NFL coach to begin with. He Yes, he actually did coach in the NFL before he came back to... Yep. Um, before he get back to... Uh, uh, came back to the NFL. So what I'm saying is this. My main point is this. The... The college football system and the professional system, they are two different games, man. The right. way the way Nick Saban runs uh, Alabama, he cannot pull that in the NFL because yep. he is, would be coaching grown men who have wives, right. who have families. You can't That's talk right. to them any type of way. But you know yep. what happens What Nick Saban does? He goes off on his players and his assistants. Yep. <laughs> like it's, it's the most crazy things you've ever seen in your life. Yep. And I also think if Belichick went to college, he'd not succeed as well. Not as to the clip that he yeah, succeeded yep, in the right. NFL. It's, it's a whole different game. Urban Meyer, we discussed this, literally brought in Tim Tebow when played football for seven years in a new position. Yeah. You could not pull makes that no off sense. in the makes NFL. No makes no sense. But in college, it makes sense because you'll have yeah. guys who are pure athletes who can just do whatever. And, you know, it's just something that I noticed about Matt Rue. I just knew it wouldn't work. And then you have a situation where the quarterback like Baker Mayfield You need a quarterback in this league, man. You need a quarterback. Yeah. We just saw, we talked about, we talk about this all the time. Jimmy G and Shanahan. I don't know what it is, but Jimmy G just wins games and he's the quarterback for the Niners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another quarterback doesn't work in that situation. You go back, you look at uh, Walsh and um, Montana. You look at Belichick, Brady. Four years Montana spent on the bench. You see what I'm saying? Some, the mm -hmm. coach and the player combination you need, especially the QB combination, is so important. What are your thoughts on that? As somebody who's been, you know, with the wealth of knowledge on football, Unc, what do you think about the coach-quarterback combination? And that might go into our next conversation, man. What do you think about that, that well, connection? Well, again, I think that uh, in the pro league, you've got to play a certain way. 
Um, You can get by with fantastic talent. Uh, We saw Michael Vick do it and whatnot. But if you look at Michael Vick's numbers, he actually wasn't like the most prolific quarterback by any stretch. He was like a top 10 quarterback. But you thought he did way, way better than he was doing simply because, um, you know, he looked so good doing it. Um, But at the end of the day, um, you know, a guy like Warren Moon is who you really want. Right. Yeah. Uh, a guy who uh, has all this talent and skill, but stands in the pocket like Jimmy G, mm. but has this phenomenal talent that he was taught by Hugh Campbell uh, in the um, in the Edmonton uh, Eskimos. And yeah. then again, down in Houston later um, and, and then in, in Minnesota. Um, yeah. The whole point about a guy like Warren Moon is that he was so skilled with so many reps in a pro style system, because mm. when he played at University of Washington, it was the same thing too so yeah. unless you're playing with a pro type system um you know like an nfl style offense in college set of the spread instead of the triple option all mm. these type of funky uh, type of programs right, right. um it, it just can't work and again we get talking about the coaching because we talked about this other thing too yeah nfl or pardon me college coaching college Defensive coaching has mm. basically killed certain types of offense. Okay. Mm. Getting yeah. speedier, speedier defensive players mm. basically killed the Nebraska triple option in both Oklahoma oh. and why? Because mm. Florida defensive uh, backs and middle linebackers absolutely killed um, the Tom Osborne system. It wasn't mm. until Tom Osborne got more speed on his own defense. Oh. Right? Now, now so, I have to do more so, research. I didn't know about okay, this. Okay, so defense, defense yeah. in college is up at the pro level when they come out. But at the um, offensive level with the quarterbacks, yes. um, the spreads, all these like junior college kind of offenses that they're uh, they're managing to to pull off down there, they're not working in the NFL. You have to play a certain type of offense if you want to consistently win in the NFL. And it involves standing around in the back and yeah. finding a guy downfield. Um, you need that line um, and you need those receivers um, because ultimately football's a simple game, right? You've got Very a simple. great line in, in, in front of you and you either run it straight up the middle because the, you know, the, the shortest distance between two points is always between A and B going in a straight line. Yes, sir. Right? Okay. And if you're not going to pass it with three yards and a cloud of dust, then you have to like stand back there. It's a simple game. You don't want anybody to touch you and yep. you take your time and you find your receiver. Right. But Six. that's, that's utopia, right? It doesn't always work out like that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> ideally that's what you're looking to do. So mm. ideally your best coached quarterback um, and your best offensive system is a quarterback who stands tall, throws it down the field, throws it off to the side or hands it off to a fantastic back. Absolutely. The game has changed a bit over the years, so it's not exactly as simple as that anymore. Mm. But at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for. At the end of the day, that's what you're looking for, man. And what we're looking forward to is next week, bro. We're getting into week six. Right. Um, You know, I'm putting putting a lot of responsibility on your shoulders, man. You got to carry the load, lines (laughs) and spreads. Let's talk about it. Um, One game. I'm really excited about, and I think most people are excited about, I'm going to just name this the game of the week might 
I, I'm just saying it might even hit game of the year territory. We're talking Chiefs, Bills, brother. <laughs> Come on, we're talking Chiefs, Bills. Now, for me, I'm just going to let y'all know my bias. I am not the biggest Chiefs fan. I, I respect what they're doing. I respect what they've done. Um, but I think the Bills got this. And if we look at the lines, um, it's looking like, uh, you know, uh, Chiefs are the favorite, plus 110 on the the money line. Uh, yeah. You know, you got a over under 54 uh, points. I, th- I would take the over on that. But uh, how does it look? Which games are interesting to you in terms of lines and spreads and the odds makers? What are people what's Vegas saying and what are you saying in terms of right. games that you like or, you know, things like that? You know what I mean? I'll tell you the first thing, though, I want to tell you, though, about Mahomes and the Chiefs yeah. with that comeback that they had. I saw a fantastic stat this week. Holmes, I mean, it's a smaller sample size, right? Yeah. But Mahomes, from 10 points down or more, mm. has a 578 winning percentage. So Jesus when Christ. he's down 10 points or more, that guy almost has a 600 winning percentage. Jesus and they Christ. put him in there with like guys like Montana and all that stuff. And there wasn't anybody else over 378 yep. as a winning percentage from 10 points down. That's so crazy. <laughs> you got to give the guy credit, man. You got to give the guy credit. All right. So on that one, Bills at Chiefs, plus two points for the Chiefs at that. home. Yep. Right? So Buffalo is a, is a two-point favorite on yep. the road. In uh, in Kansas City, so By the way, this a, is a this interesting thing. So, sorry to cut you off. This is a crazy line because this is the first time since Mahomes since the Mahomes era that Mahomes has been an underdog at home. Yeah, first time. That's something that I learned recently. I'm like, what? I believe because if he's at home, he's they're always minuses. <laughs> you know, they always got the, right. The, 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 That's the it. So yeah, yeah, for him to be an underdog at home Crazy. with a 53 and a half over under, that yep. game is just going to be lights out. Um, and to have Mahomes as an underdog, oh, yeah. I, I guarantee you. And, and with that stat, like I was telling you about, with a 578 winning percentage from 10 points down, I don't think there's going to be any point in this game where the chiefs are, are going to be out of it 13 so seconds really bro. Looking forward to that game <laughs> me too me too me too man it was yeah. 13 seconds for them to come back but are there any lines that interest you or any any kind of yeah. um spreads yeah go ahead so sorry to interrupt go ahead absolutely man um uh, ravens and giants is going to be great uh yes. giants are going to be uh giants are plus five and I think that they will cover that, uh, given uh, given how well they played against Green Bay. I think that uh, Lamar will win again because Lamar's an MVP type player. Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, they will win that game. But again, um, they're favored by five um, in New York, right? So that's going to be a fantastic looking game. And yes. I think they're, they're looking for forty five points too, so they're expecting some offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that that's a game I think is going to be fantastic. Um, the other one that's looking really good is uh the sunday evening game also yeah. right cowboys at the eagles Oof. right Oof. in uh, in philadelphia philadelphia is going to be plus five Ooh. i think that i i think i think that they're going to win that okay. um, actually, no i'm lying i'm lying sorry i, I think that uh, dallas will cover that i, I, think, uh, I think dallas will cover too i, I, I think philly dallas, will yeah. win but i think dallas will cover five points oh you think they'll cover okay interesting okay yeah yeah even though they're on the road but it's a it's a national game right it's not like it's a 1 p.m game or something no. like that where you know what i mean there's enough time to adjust for uh you know for the time
time uh, change and all that type of thing. Yeah. So I absolutely think that uh, those two defenses are going to go off. And I don't think it's going to be a huge um, uh, offensive output. No, and so, yeah, no. So what I'm, I'm looking at there, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, a 24, 21 game for uh, Philly, but uh, uh, yeah, I think Dallas will cover. Oh, damn. Okay. Nice. Nice. I think that's where we'll slightly disagree, but I will say this. I got Dallas winning that because they're actually the dogs in this one. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, you know, Philly is undefeated. You know what I mean? So it makes sense, but bruh, I got the Cowboys winning. It, the cover, I'm actually in between about that. I only disagree with you with the actual result of the game because that's going to be a major game. These are big games to watch, bro, because this is – who would have thought the NFC East is the best division in football? Who would have guessed, bro? And the AFC East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have guessed? You know what I mean? You have teams out here, like, coming like crazy. The AFC East yeah. actually looks deadly too. And who would have guessed? Yep. The Jets are out here. The Giants are out here. Who yeah. would have guessed? Not me. Not me. But I will say like this, man. Before we finish off this fire podcast, I'm so happy we don't have time limits. Thank yeah. God. Oh, yeah. my God. We can actually, like, talk for real. Right. <laughs> but before we wrap up, man, we've been, we've been, we've been the first really, I don't know, out of all these podcasts, whatever shows, whatever, I think we've been the most on point with our MVP analysis. Right. Because we've been looking at the league and I've been noticing I looked at our previous shows. I've been reviewing it. We've been pretty much on point, man, because my MVP ladder. Right. Obviously, right now, I think I have Mahomes above Lamar. I'll be honest. We just got to yeah. give it up to that performance. Yeah, yeah we Four talked about that. We did. The, the Mahomes is going crazy. Of course, Josh Allen is right there. I'll put Josh Allen a little bit behind him because yeah. I think that, you know, uh, Mahomes is actually playing at a higher clip right now. We'll um, find out this weekend. We will find out who the real MVP is this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. I got Lamar close number three. You can put him at two. Uh, number four, I don't have a big player at number four. I don't even have a number four, really. It's basically these three guys, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Lamar. It's a three-leg race. But, Ankh, do you have anybody else maybe you think of? Who do you have in front? Who do you have behind? Because I think we've been – Jalen Hurts. Uh, maybe I forgot to say him. Um, but these are basically the guys I'm looking at. And if we're looking at a non-QB position, I think Saquon is killing it. I think Saquon is yeah. one of the biggest reasons the Giants are up there. But that's just my analysis, bro. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ankh, man? Who, who, who's, who's killing it for you in terms of the well, MVP race? Let me, uh, yeah, yeah. No, those four guys, um, they're, mm. they're your obvious MVP uh, yeah. shots. Um, and, and uh, yeah, and I don't think that's going to change. And like you say, it's a, you know, it's a pretty much a quarterback league. It's a quarterback league. Yeah, quarterback and, and we talked yeah. about uh, defensive players that just tear it up, like TJ or Mika Parsons or whatnot. But we haven't yes. really seen a lot of that so far no. this year, where you've had like one person just tearing it up. No. Uh, Nick Bosa looked good the other day, but I mean, no one's really done that week to week to week to week, right? Like right. the PJ uh, or or JJ Watt has done in the past and whatnot. Right. But I'm telling you, uh, Nick Chubb is starting to look Nick like a very, very good running back right now. Yes. He is looking like a big, big guy right now. Mm. Uh, Cooper Cup, too. 
yeah. also, you know, looking, but that's only because he's like the the one offensive tool in LA. So he's he definitely gets like 10, 12 too. targets a game. It's something that's like yeah. a ridiculous clip. It's like, okay, Stafford, we get it. That's why defenses are killing the Rams right now because they know where the ball's going. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, yeah. Diggs is, is the only other ten uh, top ten player, uh, really. Uh, remember, we did that breakdown where we had like uh, six quarterbacks and four <laughs> offensive players in the top ten. I'm pretty sure uh, the top ten is almost all quarterbacks right now. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, that's is. just how it's going. That's how the league is. That's that's where your points are coming from. I think I think you know personally, they need to just come up with a non QB MVP award because yeah. there's guys in this league who have such a huge impact on the game who are not quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Like you just we talked about our very first episode, TJ Watt. Yep. I guarantee you if TJ Watt was healthy, this uh Steelers team would would have won a few games. 100%. Yep. He'll wreck he'll wreck any game he's in. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You have individuals like Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb wasn't on the Browns, that team would be on 4 or on 5 right now. Yeah, that would be complete garbage. He yep. keeps them in games. Well, and, Kareem, uh, Hunt there, Kareem Hunt's there too, right? I mean, Kareem it's a great, Hunt. It's a great running back uh, yeah. combination there. Man, think about Travis Kelsey. I, we love Mahomes. We respect Mahomes. Four touchdowns, bro. Like, what is that? Seven receptions. The most valuable four player of, them. of that game. And yeah. get a load of this, too. This time, he did that on less than 30 yards of receiving. That was just insane. That's mental. So that means every time they're in the red zone, he's catching a touchdown. How crazy yeah. is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think also with something and that we didn't. Detroit. Hold on. One last thing. Did Go you on. see the the, uh, the the three stiff arms on the third, um, on the third oh. uh, TD going into the end zone? Nash? Just three different guys. That guy stiff arm. That was amazing. Kelsey just was awesome. Kelsey, Kelsey is definitely bro. He's already a Hall of Famer, but we got to talk to about him in the top three tight ends of top five for sure. Top three tight end of all time because bro, what a weapon, right? Just think about that. And I think because the league and I, we'll finish off on this topic. Just, just want to touch on it. These roughing the passer penalties, uh, right? Geez. And how they impact games and how they impact football. Yeah. It's almost a cheat code being an NFL, it's being a quarterback in the NFL. Because if you look back at clips of John Elway, Dan Marino, Troy Aikman, you know what I mean? People, mm -hmm. quarterbacks who were in an era where you could get popped one time, your career's over. Joe Theismann, right? And then yep. you see what they did with Brady last week. You're like, this is not the same game. That's why you have a 45-year-old man that slinging balls right crazy. now. That's why. Just because you have a different metric for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks have it 10 times but, easier. And, and we need to think about it. It's selective, too. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Unc. Talk to Yeah, him. no, I've got, I've got one in here uh, that yeah. was just crazy. Um you know, the tuck play privilege is, is how I call it. And it's right. been like that for almost 20 years. Right. So it, it's pretty insane. There was one, I forget who it was. There was somebody in there I saw this weekend. But anyway, somebody, um, I, I watched them get, uh, I think it was Jalen Ramsey, actually. Jalen Ramsey got a sack uh, okay. on the weekend. Yeah, he did. He got a sack. I remember that. Right. And if you watch that play, the way he was coming out from the side, he just took that guy Bam, he just took him to the ground, no problem, yes. old school sack. Yep. 
way different than what uh, than what Brady faced. That was for darn sure. So yeah, yeah, you had to say to yourself, how is it that this guy gets to get tackled like that? No issues, no problem. Um, and, and Brady, it was just like when I saw that, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me! That there was no way that was just your classic normal tackle. It wasn't even that impressive a sack. Like he just had him in the grasp and took him to the ground. That's it. And the crazy part is Brady like kind of kicked that guy from the from the he 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 kicked the defensive player a little bit like he was aggressive towards him after that sack which was called roughing the passer and by the way that sack that Jalen Ramsey had was on Cooper Rush right yeah I was gonna say so, it was on Cooper Rush right so yeah, again just a regular guy right he's a regular guy see this preferential treatment of quarterbacks of course you want to make the game safer. You want to, you know, it's a product. Of course, it's a it's a business. We talked about that with the Dan Schneider piece at the beginning. But think about it honestly, bro. If quarterbacks are protected to this extent, it's easy for them to throw for 5,000 yards, 30, 40 yep. touchdowns, because they're not getting the full football experience. And then you have other players risking their lives. Man, that Chris Jones sack, right? On uh, Derek Carr, sack strip. The way they called that rough in the passer, I was so mad because mm -hmm. that's an impact play. That Brady, bro, like, I'm not a Brady fan. I'm a Ravens fan. I respect his greatness. But you can't give him those type of calls, man. This well, is why, like, this is why sometimes I get mad at the NFL because I'm like, why this kind of preferential treatment is so blatant and like, oh, it's gross, man. What What is going to have to happen? What's eventually going to have to happen with the amount of money that is going into these quarterbacks? I mean, because right. this is just it, right? I mean, you know, Absolutely. Russell Wilson, $250 million asset, uh, maybe, you know, 125 if it's guaranteed or something like that. But these wow. are immense amounts of money, yes. right? So this is the reason why certain players are treated with uh, kid gloves like that. Right. So what the NFL is going to have to do eventually is that they're going to have to, it's going to be embarrassing, but they're going to have to put a, a red shirt on their quarterbacks or they're going <laughs> to basically do two hand touch where it's like, you know, instead of like the, in the grasp rule, it's yeah. going to have to be two hands on the quarterback and that's it. That's the sack. <laughs> honestly honestly it wouldn't be surprise me if they just put flags on them or something like that because if you want to protect the product okay then make it blatant don't don't That's play it. don't halfway step it because, make it for real you know because well, well because because otherwise otherwise you're just trying to play a pretend game where it's yes. still this rough and tumble uh intense defensive game when it's really not and then you have for me my last point about this is that you look at some of the defensive players, I feel I played defense. I really enjoyed it. Imagine being a DB in this game as well, man, right? If you're just playing a little rough with the receiver, oh, pass interference. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a flag. That's why you have receivers out there. No disrespect to Cooper Cobb or any of these guys who are amazing receivers. But look what Jerry Rice had to go through. <laughs> Okay. You know, look what Irvin okay. had to go through. You go in the middle, you again mm -hmm. you have Ray Lewis gonna tackle your head off, man. Yeah, but if you, yep. if you even try Big to tough. hit these receivers in any type of way, bro, you might just get kicked out of the game. So imagine yep. being a DB in this era, it's such a hard position already. But now you yep. have to trail a guy when you have to watch out for pass interference when some of these receivers even push back on the dbs and literally do opi but nobody ever calls opi 
Yeah. Kawhi's always DPI, right? Yep. It's like it's just like the quality of the game from a defensive perspective is rough. Could you imagine Lawrence Taylor playing this game? I don't know. Bro. Well, I, I just feel I just feel like like I, we were talking about that the uh, the yeah. defensive uh, defenses have come up so strong, so fast, so big. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel that in some ways, like defense has kind of taken over. Um, the offense and the NFL doesn't want that. The NFL wants offense. Um, And so they, in a way they have to kind of like take the defense down a little bit um, for the points to be scored. Cause otherwise it's going to be 17, 14 every week, most likely. And the NFL doesn't want that. Great point. Great point. I I just, I just got to feel bad for these uh, defenders, man. You work your tail off and then they're going to call the flag. It's like, I feel terrible for those guys. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) And you know, it's crazy. Some of these stats affect their uh, contracts. Oh, you get 10 sack seasons or you get five interceptions. It's like, it's just something that I really think about, but I'm really excited for this week. Man, I'm so happy that we have longer podcasts. I have been meaning to do this. But thank right. y'all so much for watching the big broadcast. We got y'all. We're going to start be doing clips, do a little. Maybe we might do reactions. Who knows what happens? You know what I mean? Keep tapped in with us, Unc, Big Stepper, and we out, bro. Deuces. Peace out, brother. One love. One love, bro. Yeah. All right.